Hello everyone, uh, my name is Ola and this is the Real Happy Hour podcast show. With me today is Jamal. Jamal is a very, very well-known and hard-working journalist. He's killing in the game. He's got features all over newspapers and magazines. And also with me is Shokwe. Shokwe is a true crime YouTuber and also a writer. And she's been on this game for quite a bit now. And um, it's really, really nice to have both of you here as guests. Thank you. Much appreciated. Say, yeah. Excited to be here. Excited to be here. Very sure. excited. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So um, today we'll be talking about um, the Woman King. And um, as part of the show, we have drinks. Um, today we've got mimosas and um, and we've got a couple of snacks that we're going to be having. Because the vibe is basically we're just chilling. This is like we're in a friend's house and we're just going to be talking about our experience of the movie and the relational dynamics of the characters in the movie. So, just to start off, um, what do you think about the movie? When I saw it, um, I thought it was really, really good. Um, I liked the storyline. I liked the kind of topics and subjects they like talked about, like whether it was uh, rape or whether it was slavery. But I think the most, the whole aesthetic of it, of the whole context of the movie, like being um, pre-colonial West Africa, was something. That I just, just like seeing. I just liked seeing it in the movie, and kind of like experiencing it. Like, cause that's the, like probably the first Hollywood movie that's fully filmed, like prequel or made a movie about prequel in Africa, really. Yeah. Africa. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. And I th- <clears throat> it's a funny thing that you say. Like the standout thing about it being pre-colonial Africa is that it was pre-colonial Africa, but it's pre-colonial Africa without the colonialism. The, mm-hmm. the the homey community didn't welcome cl- um, colonialism and like slavery in the same way that um, other surrounding countries did. So I think it was interesting to see it from that aspect, sort of trying to fight off um, colonialism and enslavement of their people. Because if we remember, it got to a very desperate point where he started to actually, he was always against it, as in the king. And he, he started to sort of consider, like, is that what is best for us? And yeah. I think he stuck to his guns, and I think it was really interesting and refreshing to see like a version of Africa that was free of colonialism. Yeah, very so, true. Yeah, but I yeah I was gonna say before we even asked, I was gonna say I don't want to hit any criticism because that film was ten <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> I really did like it. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. a really good film. Yeah, yeah. Had me on my seat. What, what before watching it? What was your initial thought the film would be like? And yeah, let's. What did you think it would be like before? Well, to touch on to what Shope said about um, it being free for colonialism, I think there it's based on a real life yep. uh, history. So the Adoje, um, uh, was it like group, whatever that actually existed. However, in the, uh, real life, they were actually um, capturing mm. people for yeah. um, for the slave trade. trade. Mm. Yeah. So the director, I forgot her name, uh, she kind of like Spinners, revised it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd had that kind of going into it, and um, I think that's why Lupita Nyong'o kind of backed out. Oh, was well, she yeah. really meant to be? Yeah, in it. she was going to be in it, but I think she okay. backed out because of that, or maybe another reason. Wait, what reason specifically would you mean? Uh, basically, because uh, I think she wanted to learn more about what happened with the Adoje tribe, the Adoje uh, uh, military group, or whatever, and like what they actually homie. were about. The, the, the homie, homie. Yeah. yeah, but just the um, all female. Oh right, because yeah. also isn't that where the inspiration comes from for the, the, the for Black Panther? Yeah, yeah. the warriors. The, yeah, for the warriors you know, and Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, no, but then I think obviously I don't think it's it's necessarily 
good to always manipulate history. I mm. think to some extent we should learn what you know the authentic, like real history is. Mm. But then at the same time, I think representation is always important, and to show like women being capable of like leading the army for a community being and like being that good mm-hmm. as well and like the fact that women were trusted to be the like to to obviously be part of the army and things like that like soul just a well not was it i don't think it was only women was it but it was oh, predominantly yeah predominantly yeah predominantly women. focused on women mm-hmm. yeah there were exactly. also men there were also mm-hmm. warriors yeah. yeah but yeah so the fact that women held that responsibility and held that position i think i think not what without manipulating the course of history i think that represent representation was good mm-hmm. so i think it's interesting when things are sort of inspired by history but if it's not it's not like a you know some autobiographical sorry no, like a biographical account it's just you know taking inspiration from something that's happened and making it into a fictional film mm-hmm. yeah, so i loved it for that yeah for that it was though it wasn't like perfectly like a perfect kind of reenactment i guess um yeah, it was good. I just liked how she revised it and how she just like, just like delving into the whole society and everything was kind of really interesting. Yeah. In terms of characterization and the people playing those roles, mm-hmm. what do we think about Viola Davis, for example, and her accent and, oh my and God, the other actors? Oh my speak on it. You know, what do you think about that? Initially, literally, initially watching it, I thought it was really good. Okay. Um, as a non-African. As, as, an, as a non-African, okay. you know, whatever, you know, except for my ancestors, but... <laughs> But um, as a non-African, like I thought it was good at first. Okay. Maybe I thought it wasn't as authentic as getting someone actually from Nigeria or um or from Benin or um somewhere in Europe. There were some South Africans actually. Yeah. Yeah. Talk like actually uh, uh, acting out the role and they can actually speak it more authentically, I guess. But um, going on like Twitter and social media afterwards, like people did not really appreciate. That's my one thing. Yeah, that's my one takeaway. But then I won't actually say it was solely Viola Davis that, Mm. oh, she she didn't deliver when it came to accent. I think it wasn't necessarily individuals that didn't have a good accent. I think it was a lack of consistency. Africa is such a big, like, continent Mm -hmm. with different accents. If you're African as well, like, let's say... Let's say a non-African might think, okay, Ghanaians and Nigerians sound the same. But if you're from Ghana or Nigeria, you know the like intricate differences with the accent. So talk about talk less of the whole of Africa, whether it's South Africa, West Africa. Like obviously, maybe West Africa, like Ghana and Nigeria, might have a similar accent compared to like South Africa. But then they're taking people from South Africa, West Africa, East Africa, all over, and they're creating this like generic accent and it just doesn't exist Mm -hmm, so naturally there's just inconsistencies in the accent and they're supposed to be reflecting a community and that's just they didn't relay that very well there's a flipping um sorry what's his name john boyega who's doing a nigerian accent Mm -hmm. there's the um viola davis's child i guess Mm -hmm. doing the south african accent it was and then there's um, viola davis herself who's doing god knows what accent (laughs) it's like american American, yeah it's just what non-africans believe africans sound like Mm so i don't even fault her for it per se i think they didn't stick to a like accents like if you want to do a south african accent do that if you want to do a west african accent do that or even if you want to use a country like do that and I just don't think they were able to do that accurately. And I think, like, let's say if in um, 
uh, I guess, alternate version of reality I was ever an actor and I was Nigerian, I would naturally do my Nigerian accent. So I get why they've done it, but it didn't necessarily, they missed the mark in terms of like reflecting a like different community because Dahomey, I don't know the Dahomey tribe. In I think it's in Benin. So that would be Nigerian. Yeah, Nigerian, yeah. 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 So let me uh, just looking up this website called African Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. The Dahomey and Oyo were connected kingdoms in what the Nigerian historian um, um, Akinjog being called the Aja Yoruba Commonwealth, mm-hmm. spanning the south southern central parts of what we are now, what are now the Republic of Benin and Nigeria. So um, yeah, now it's Benin in Nigeria, okay. Republic of Benin in Nigeria. Oh, I and I also that. did not know of Dahomey. I knew of Oyo Kingdom. Same. And, yeah. um Watching the movie, I, I then realized okay, Dahomey was under Oyo because they didn't have as much sort of um, um, strength, so they were sort of um, accountable, whatever they were doing was accountable to the Oyo kingdom because they were more powerful than them. And um, okay, outside of that thought, um, one thing I noticed in the movie is the the dynamic of, of just the, the title itself of Woman King and how. Even the goal for Viola and the king is she wants a sort of situation where there's the women and the and the man that sort of ruling together joint, and so there's that duality that was explored, even in characters like you remember the the king's um, um you remember there's, there was this guy who's like he's like the king's um you watch Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. you know the guy that has like the bird what they call the the king's oh uh, like uh. Well, that's the modern term would be like personal system basically yeah. there you, you remember yeah, there was yeah. a guy in there who personified a, a, a man that had the feminine and male sort of traits oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so that whole theme of the duality was explored all through the movie I don't know what did you think about that Um. well from what I'm well what I've heard because I actually have explored kind of uh, kind of like non-binary identities in pre-colonial Africa well, what I've heard is that there were some. Yeah. yeah. Same here. I technically don't. I really don't know personally, so I can't <laughs> speak on it too much. Yeah. Um. Uh. But I've heard in particular tribes and everything that uh, non-binary identities did exist very much before all Christianity and everything else came in. So um. Yeah, I was I was kind of like interested and kind of happy that they explored it actually. Yeah, I think Africa in general, like in terms of religion and spirituality, Africa, well, Nigeria, I'll speak of Nigeria as a Nigerian. Nigeria leans, well, Lent, I don't know if Lent's a word, but they sort of leaned more towards spirituality. Mm. So there was, I'm sure that sort of enabled more fluidity because then the like constra- um, constraints weren't necessarily there. To, so, so you can sort of explore, like uh, different identities could be explored. So I think the f- I think the timeline in which well, I mean sort of timeline sorry the time in which the film was sort of would have reflected that so mm-hmm. it would have reflected like the explorations of different I- identities and um, fluidity so yeah I think that I think it was interesting yeah I didn't actually um, think about that that wasn't one of my takeaways but now that you say it that's yeah, it was really interesting because um, well just learning about because I tried to research it um, before but. There's so much tribes in within Nigeria itself yep. and within <laughs> Benin. Like it's just like it's very very complex to get a full understanding yeah. of kind of what each tribe felt and their society kind of structures and belief systems and everything. So yeah, 
it's hard to do it, but I was I was really happy that they kind of explored that as well. Yeah. yeah. And also watching it for a second time. Um, when I first saw it, um, anyway, the second time I watched it, I started seeing this theme of sisterhood that I didn't see in the first the first time. Mm. I I I I don't know why my mind just was like Viola and this really beautiful lady. I can't remember her name now. The her like the closest homie warrior. But I was like, this too. The, the relationship looks a bit. But watching it the second time, it was just a really beautiful sisterhood mm-hmm. that I was just not used to seeing, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and is explored with with Viola and and that lady. Gosh, I wish I had a name and her daughter and the two other ladies that she was with. So the, that theme of sisterhood was in that movie, and um, yeah, I don't know what do you what do you think about that? I think her, I can't remember her name in the. Um, I'll try and get her names. Film. I think it. Was, I think her real name's Latish. Or something I can't remember. Um, so Sean. Sheila Sheila Atim was the really tall, beautiful lady that was sort of um, as tough as Bella. Sheila. Yeah, Sheila Sheila Atim. I took a Lashona. That's that's the other one as well. She she was. And then Lashona is the also she was sort of like a, a second generation big sister. Right. That's yeah. who. Yeah, that's who I was referring to. Yeah. Okay, so the the lady that this um one, yeah. okay right right the one that um sort of helped her give birth to her child yes right that okay. sister who that born and she kept that secret you know yeah so yeah that was yeah. that that was interesting to me because another thing that I sort of took away from that as well if we're talking about that specific relationship is that I always find within relationships there's always some sort of hierarchy I believe mm. you may contest this which is fine but which is difficult to avoid. There's always a more prominent sort of prominent figure and a more subservient figure. And I feel like maybe cause it, maybe it made sense because she was the head of like the army. So she would be the more prominent dominant personality in that relationship. But I didn't like that there was one that was subservient to the other. If they're, equals and if them so i i recognize the sisterhood and i thought like it was a powerful relationship but in terms of like one being subservient to the other and one i didn't feel like it it i don't know i think it undermines their friendship because Mm. why is one more More than the other yeah Yeah. but yeah i I don't know what do you guys think Uh, you know what i never actually really thought of it i just it was just comforting i guess because um been around like like most people in my family are like matriarchs basically you know mm. what I mean like had matriarchs in my family for ages so I liked it mm, like yeah, yeah like it just reminded me like of my family and everything else and like people and stuff that I've known of like different like my friends African families and stuff yeah I liked it okay. awesome yeah beautiful mm. um another thing I noticed is um you know there's this whole um trope I hope it's the right word of um the strong black woman right what do we think about and i think that's watching it a second time it it felt less for me if if it looked a lot less than a strong black woman and more like sisterhood we're together but yeah what do we think in terms of the representation of you know strong black women and the negative effects of that for us and for women black women especially and and how that was when i contextualize the term strong black women i always imagine it in the context of struggle like a woman having to be strong because she comes from struggle and McCall comes from a place of struggle and she have her having to like rise above that struggle 
But what I found with this, it wasn't a place of necessity. It didn't come from necessity. They were inherently strong people and they used that to their advantages. So I feel like it was it was rep- it was relayed in a very effective way because if i say like i don't know like on twitter or whatever like yeah she's a strong black woman like all of that stuff it's because she had to be mm-hmm. whereas this they didn't ne- it wasn't necessary that they had to they would like even if we go back to the inception with um oh goodness i've forgotten her name um the, the viola davis's daughter yeah. in the film um she she didn't feel like she wants she didn't fit into the mold that yes. was pre-existing she didn't okay. want to get married to some old man and yeah. just be this like subservient, subservient wife, wife yeah. and have children for him and have like not have a real loving relationship with him but just sort of fit the criteria of that community and she mm-hmm. and she didn't want to do that she felt like she had attributes that she could that could, would be more useful elsewhere yeah which is why she ultimately wanted to join the army. And that was her recognizing her strength as an individual um, and thinking, where is this going to be recognized? And by the people, where would, where would this be best received and where can that, where will it be most useful? And I think that was what I see as a strong black woman, like knowing the attributes you possess and how can I, where would that be like well received? And I think that was, Effect, they were effective in like relaying that it wasn't the it wasn't the the strong black woman that needs to be strong because it, she's mm. just experienced experiencing so hate experiencing so much stress and yeah. yeah that's not the soft life that we want for ourselves so <laughs> no so I liked what they did there um yeah I I liked it um kind of um I don't I don't really partake into like the strong black woman being like a kind of trope. Right. I think it's just kind of a celebrating of what black women have done mm. and the strength, determination, independence of black women within itself. So I don't find it as trope. I find it more of celebrating what who black women are mm. inherently, in my opinion. Uh, but if we dissect that though, mm-hmm. like where that celebration comes from, it comes from a place of having to like keep your head above water. And I, well, in my opinion, maybe mm-hmm. you might see it differently, but yeah, I feel like it comes from a place of having to like keep your head above water in the face of like adversity, and mm-hmm. you have to have having to be strong. Which is mm-hmm. why I say like in the film, I didn't feel like it come came from a place of necessity. It came from a place of like recognizing your inherent strength mm-hmm. and like. Yeah, like where that. I would agree be. with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, because to some extent they did reflect, they did relay what a strong black woman is when she like recognizes her strength inherently. But then at the same time, they did also re- relay the uh, like strong black woman in, in a in a different context, mm-hmm. as in the you know the woman, the black woman that has to be strong because of you know her yeah situation because in another sense the people that were put in the army were like sort of they existed on the fringes of um of that community they they were sort of marginalized people they didn't they didn't abide by like they didn't keep up with the status quo if that makes sense like they they were like I don't know. They were on the peripheries of society. They, they wasn't. It wasn't necessarily a good thing. Like mm. her family was ashamed of her to um, have to like to not end up with her husband and have to go to the army. So, I think they really explored that because ultimately, 
it was a good thing. Like we respected her. She gained respect. She was successful in uh, the role that she like em- employed. But at the same time, at the very beginning, it wasn't something that was necessarily a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, by the perception of society, of their society. But yeah. Um, one question. Um, yeah, go on. Yeah. But I kind of yeah, and touching on the kind of the strong black woman thing, that's kind of like liked how they um, kind of uh, uh, kind of explored not explored the trend but no basically the strength in black women so it kind of explored that like even from a time where you don't think it would have like something like that would have happened like you would think like basically when the women turn to 18 they, they would just get married off yeah. especially back in the 1700s whatever whenever that film was taking place um, that film was like kind of based on uh, so yeah I kind of I like that as well Great observation. Mm. Now, did we before the movie? Did we know that how involved Africans were in slave trade? Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, I did not know that. Mm, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did not. Um, it's not something I like. For me, like it was just different kinds. Okay, this is like okay, this is not representing like all Africans. Or all West Africans uh, in the society, from uh, those that were uh, impoverished to those that were kind of in the middle class, and those that were the elite. These were like the elite, mm. kind of the kings, the uh, the leaders of these kingdoms, basically uh, uh, involving themselves into the slave trade because it was for monetary uh, gain. Mm. So basically, the Europeans would come over and would be like, "Ah, oh, we need some slaves, and we would give you uh, uh, some money for it," and they would just mostly take them from prisoners of war. And basically gave them over to the Europeans, and that was it. And they would get a lot of money. I think uh, Benin, uh, I don't know the biggest kingdom in Benin at the time, but one of them made a lot of lot of money from mm. slave trade. But also it was detri- detrimental to them because they lost a lot of people. So when uh, time for colonialism or time for the wars and Europe, Europe wants to take over, they didn't have a lot of men and mm. to fight uh, Europe. But that's not why they lost. But anyway, it's not to get on that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah... Um, yeah, so yeah, it was nothing like as someone that's like uh, uh, comes from like a descent of slavery, it was nothing kind of abnormal to me. Like I knew about it and I didn't feel any type of kind of way about it because I knew it was the elite that was mainly um, going for it. Because also on the other hand, there was groups that were of course like getting their family members back from slavery, and like groups basically fighting these uh, kind of. Uh, uh, Kingdoms and like the uh, armies of kingdoms to get back uh, their friends and family that were um, trying to be enslaved. So mm. yeah, yeah. I'm not going to. I don't think I know to the extent that you do. To be fair, but I did know about. Like I knew it was a like quite generally. I knew that Africans were complicit in the <clears throat> buying and selling of slaves. I think prior to colonialism, like mm-hmm. internally there was the like tr- slave trade, trade yeah. and then. Um, yeah, I think they became obviously. What's that word? What was it? The transatlantic. Trans- it became transatlantic. Yeah. 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 Um, when uh, obviously the West came into Africa, but um, yeah, I saw. I think that. I think that was what I liked, though. That um, there was that rejection mm-hmm. of that. Like they didn't. Like that, that was a big. I, I, was it? Because I'm getting a bit confused now because the. I think they didn't welcome it in their like um, 
in the Dahomey. Yeah, they didn't yeah. like it. But I think they even had to select. She had to select people from the Dahomey to also be slaves. slaves. Yeah. Mm. But then there was, I think, the neighbouring... Like, I don't think it was a country thing. I think it was a community thing. Because yeah. I think the Oyo people, yeah. they were... They demanded more of that yeah. for, for, for their resources. So people were a resource. That's why they... The when they were saying we could use palm wine as a source of resource, mm-hmm. yeah. they were like, "Well, we already have something working with people mm-hmm. and maybe dowry or carry. I don't know what else we're using." Yeah. So yeah, they were against that. So what do we? The guy, I don't know if you both are aware. You know the guy Ad, Ade, or I think his name was Ade, the the main guy from the Oyo, villain. the villain, yeah, yeah, yeah. A Nigerian guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know were you guys, were you aware of that? Like, this is a prominent Nigerian actor. Oh no! Oh yeah, exactly. No. Is it okay. I knew his accent was. That's good. why his accent was. Good. Yeah, I was thinking he had a good one. <laughs> yeah. He had a good old accent. Yeah. And so okay. that whole conversation between him and Jumbo again at the beginning, that was like one of my best scenes because it yeah. was just beautiful. They were just talking so beautifully. It was like wow, nice. There were so many tweets around, mm-hmm. you know, the conversation and their accents being like somewhat authentic, but like was like very educated, authentic speaking people. What do we think of John Boyega and the villain? And John Boyega and his wife, that very um, um, mischievous wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the villain, the villain, uh, the villain kind of represented that kind of basically for me, like just that typical person who just wants to do anything to just get a buck and wants. to get some money. Yeah. Just selfish, yeah. very selfish. Yeah, place. and nothing. Not like, worthy of being a leader. Not caring really about his people or nothing or the people surrounding him. It's just basically just to get money and like kind of John Boyega was kind of a contrast. It was kind of like they kind of had the same similar kind of like masculine kind of like energy about them. But it was different because John Boyega actually not only cared about himself and the people around him, but others as well. Though he had like 14 wives and stuff. Like that, <laughs> that's, you know, that's you. <laughs> but um, yeah, like he actually cared about people, people around him. The woman that he married also, I think he probably or tried to care about each and every one of them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of different. I think there was a head wife. I do think there, there was, was a head, yeah, there was a head wife, and yeah, she tried to be the head wife, but... Yeah, very <laughs> ambitious woman. Very yeah. ambitious, yeah. But I think, well, first of all, I think polygamy is, is not something that's been eradicated in Africa. Like, no. my, even my granddad had, like, I don't know, eight Sims wives. Are to have yeah. multiple wives. Probably carried on to Jamaica as well. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, so I think um, I think the from the wife standpoint, I think that it's just a type of person. I was gonna say it's a type of woman, but let me not get killed for saying for criticizing women. But I think it was a type of person um, that like you, they, there's there's a there's a role that exists in the world. There's like I'm the head of this, and then I I'm like the head of something, and then I also like get all the I get the wealth from it I get the I get the social equity from it like you just get all the things that come with being the head of like a particular community we can liken it to being like I don't know like a a celebrity like you just get all of the clout and I think she wanted to be the richest she wanted to be the most like um respected so her morals are compromised as a result of those selfish desires so I think that, which is weird, because I feel like that really contrasted and conflicted with what her husband wanted, which, and I think one of his main things was to never, like, I think, uh, was it a promise to his, was it, I think it was a promise to his, like, mum or something, or his, 
I can't remember. I think it was his dad. Yeah, I promised yeah. to his parents that he wouldn't like uh, engage in transatlantic slavery. So I, I don't know, because I always think, cause I think we've had the, not us um, specifically, but people have the conversation that like marriage is like a political thing. So why would you people marry idiots? Like why would he marry <laughs> her? Because mentally she just wants all the wrong things like i think she wanted the clout she wanted to be the richest she wanted to be do you know what i mean and i think she saw that as an opportunity to get more money into the community and but through ridiculous selfish mm-hmm. like ways i think her uh, ambition was kind of misplaced because mm-hmm. i think her as a self like i understand why he married her because the determination and everything yeah. and the kind of s- how smart she is also is very 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 valuable. Yeah. So um, <laughs> so I understand why she married why he married her, um, and but I think her ambitions were just misplaced. She yeah. just wanted safety yeah. and comfort. And I think she was she was coming from a place of privilege. She yes. was not considering how every other person mm-hmm. felt. Mm-hmm. So she's probably lived in that privilege for so long. Mm-hmm. She's accustomed to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she she was not willing to think outside of that mm-hmm. privilege, yeah. and that was her. He didn't leave up, but that's our downfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, um, we can wrap it up now. Um, if there's oh, well, anything, I yeah, please. I anything. wanted to talk about um, the mixed race. What's his name? The again? man, yeah. The, the man that the mixed came from. Oh, we can't leave about from, talking about him. Yeah, because like, I thought, to be honest, I, I, I was kind of iffy. I don't know why I was iffy on that part of it. He was giving Pocahontas. I think. Yes. <laughs> it was giving very, very unrealistic. Because okay. I could never believe, okay, first, like, okay, okay, this is a son of a slave and probably someone of uh, a white person in, I think he, they were Portuguese. Yeah. yeah. In probably Brazil. That would probably be white and uh, a ch- child of a white, basically white prominent person and a slave. Okay. Coming, uh, getting to a higher standing in uh, Portugal or in the Portuguese kind of uh, society, then going back to the home and like trying to like help mm. them out. Like, I felt that that was really, really unrealistic, and mm. I kind of did like the kind of like I didn't trust him all savior vibes, yeah. I didn't like it. It was kind of it wasn't safe, it was kind of savior vibes, it was yeah. vibes, and it just felt really unrealistic, like very dreamy because I'm mm. just like that would actually probably like in real life that would or in history that never happened. Maybe it's the hopeless romantic in me, but I really liked it. Oh. <laughs> I really liked it. I didn't trust him for some reason, yeah. but I really did I like it. I kept thinking something's about to happen. Yeah, That's no, same, same. Oh, I thought, I think he, I generally did think he liked her, but I thought at some point he's going to, like, um, he's going to forsake her to yeah. some capacity. And it never yeah. happened. It never so. happened, yeah. No, but it was, just, it was just really weird. I guess, like, from, because I got, like, I'm, I'm like a hist- history buff, like, for me, it was just so realistic and i just didn't like it at do all. you think that never happened in, in well okay personally from my ancestry like i've done like research so like one of my ancestors was uh, a son of a uh, slave a slave master and a slave okay yeah and um he never had any privilege because this happened he was born kind of uh, on the cusp end of uh, slavery ending in jamaica and you know the uk enacting the law uh, the anti-slave slave law in like the uh, early 1800s so he was born then and he never uh, obtained any privilege from his dad because his dad passed on the uh, the plantations and the estates that he owned to his uh, nephew but not his, his son, son. Oh, wow. or not none of his kids that he had so uh, 
That's why this it's whole coming from that. Um, what's that show? P Valley. Anyone watch it? Oh, P Valley. I like P Valley. <laughs> watch P Valley. I've never heard of it. Wally is really good. No. It's on Amazon Prime. Okay. I like the first season. Uh, I like. I I get why you like that more. Mm-hmm. But I like second bit. Yeah, the first season for me. Is what was it? It's about, uh, maybe off camera. Yeah, <laughs> you can say here. Yeah, it's fine. Well, it's a. Uh, it's like a. Um, basically, it's around. It's surrounding a uh, story surrounding a strip club in. Georgia? In South South Chakalusa. Chakalusa. Yeah. In South like in like South South like South Dirty yeah. South. In the southern part of America. Yeah, that's where it is. But it's really good. Strip it's actually a British um lead. Girl on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Her accent's a bit iffy though, I can't lie. She I like her. Her accent's a bit iffy. Yeah, people could have a whole conversation. Yeah, about accents, actors, yeah. <laughs> Just like bullet train to um that guy from Atlanta. Um God, if you just spoke about him like an hour ago. Have you seen Bullet Train? No. Oh, my God. oh really, really beautiful movie. Do you watch Atlanta? Atlanta. No, no I haven't seen it. You know what? I wanted to get into it, but it's never did. Oh, you should. It's, it's a mind-bending show. Mind-bending like, show. You, you yeah, start season one and two, you think, okay, yeah. And then season three, because there was a long gap between production from two to three. Maybe like mm-hmm. three or four years. Mm-hmm. And three picks up and it's like a different show. That's what Childish can be. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, really good. I need to get into watch that. It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was recommended that. But um, one thing I just want to say before we wrap up was um, the sort of the relationship between Viola Davis and the daughter. I think yeah. It's really important mm-hmm. to touch on. It is. Um, and sort of like the dynamic of the relationship when they didn't know they were mother and daughter versus when they did. Yeah. I think there's like this sort of um, internalized idea of what like a mother daughter like relationship should be like, and I think oh, to be fair, we didn't see too much of the end. So I, what I want I thought it would be interesting to see is like would they cosplay that relationship because now they know? Mm. Would they continue as usual? Would they like I don't know like I wanted that to be like explored a bit more, mm. but. Um, yeah, and I, it also made uh, me think about like the nature versus nurture argument because there was some sort of unspoken, Mind. I don't know, rapport between mm. them that was very powerful, and that's before they knew that mm. this is. Do you know what I mean, this is my mother. This is my mm. daughter. So I thought that was really interesting as well. Like, like that fire that she even had, the little girl, like the young, no, she's not little, like the young woman, mm-hmm. like, that mirrored her mum yeah, to some mom. capacity. Yeah. 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 She birthed mm. the, the the pain and anger of mm. that situation. And, yeah, mm. yeah. And, and that manifestation wanted justice. Yeah, yeah. No, she was almost an embodiment of that yeah. of that frustration. Yeah. No, that's that's very true. Yeah. And that that resistance to to like I don't know being controlled because even Viola Davis she had she it was to some capacity she was controlled yeah. for her not to um, have a child for mm-hmm. her not to have a a romantic partner because mm-hmm. she was in the army she had to sort of i don't know she had to satisfy that level of control by giving away her child yeah. so she's she sort of presented herself as like this woman that's constantly in control but that was a, wo- a moment of weakness mm-hmm. that was that was sort of behind the scenes only her and the woman that you spoke yeah. of that was, goes to show how powerful that relationship was um only they knew about that little that little secret yeah. but as you said i think the child almost was an embodiment of that frustration and that anger, so that's interesting. And I also want to know how she leads the lead the, the army. The, uh, the, 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 the 
community. Yeah, now that she has a. No, she's uh, like the woman king. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things were not answered. Yeah, it's not That's answered, really, yeah. really good. Like, we need answers. Yeah, no, literally. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it needs a. I don't think it needs a sequel, though. No. Mm. Maybe a series. TV series would be great. I um, hate when they TV do that. Series would I, be great, I think though. I wouldn't mind a part two and then done and dusted. A series because series have to drag out, so it's like I, I, I think it would really be good enjoy though. series because I kind of I, I like series, but like not a, the combination. A pre-colonial West because African Game of Thrones. Actually, oh like when the very first Black Panther came out, uh-huh. Ebony Live Studios in Nigeria had like this news um, letter out that they were they had been given the rights to develop the the story about the Dahomey woman. Oh, oh wow. and this was like right after Black so Panther. So, what this out. is going to be in home, like Nigerian? Like. But I mean, it hasn't materialized since then. Or like perhaps it would happen, and you know, that would be interesting. That yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd actually watch it. That is like basically the same story. Like yeah. it'd be interesting. Have you guys watched it? Black Panther? Yes. 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 Yeah. Two. Yes. Like <laughs> we could go it. on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please come back again. Yes. Absolutely. Please, I both of you. I do. Meeting you both, I just had a feeling that you guys would have very good chats. Like, mm-hmm. I just and I knew both of you together would be a vibe. I think you suggested it, but I knew in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, I I just knew that okay, you guys know each other. You will be comfortable and mm-hmm. and it will be a vibe. So no, please, definitely. Please come back. Definitely, we'll come back. We could talk about Black Panther too. I got something interesting. <laughs> we actually I had the guest last week and we spoke about Black Panther. Is it? Yeah. Um, so we I can still like talk it. about, but we can we can pick mm-hmm. and just have a conversation. How did you like it? I, I liked it. Fury's bomb. <laughs> you what? I thought it was six out of ten. I think because she's not a Marvel fan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's you're not a Marvel true. fan. If you're not a Marvel fan, I don't think you'll like it too yeah, much. Yeah. I loved it. But I think there's so many layers to touch on. So. But compared so to one, I preferred one to... Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't leave with the same feeling that I had when I left the cinema mm. no, with the first two, one. Wow. And it's so funny because you think like because the whole concept of with like uh, woman king and the women like be- mm-hmm. leading, you think that that would be translated in my feelings towards <laughs> Black Panther, but no. because Angela died, Angela like, Bassett died. True, but, but that wasn't even my problem. No, but yeah, I think that wasn't even my major major problem. My, the acting and everything, I thought it was spot on. But also as a history buff, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> the historical side of it. I loved what they explored. I loved the different themes, the different societies they explored. I loved how they turned around. Because Atlantis does exist in the Marvel comics, but um, it's basically just like white people in this on, like underwater sea. Mm. Sea. But um, what's his name? Uh, Ryan Cougar, all the writers, whatever. Turned it around and made it around like the natives around uh, in the Americas, like the Native Pacific Americans. Pacific Islands? Um, no, I think it was just natives of like Mexico okay. and stuff like I like how they just turned it around and just made it that it was just like a really interesting to explore and how they were both fighting against Western powers. Click on it. Thank you so yeah. much. And this is the real Happy Hour podcast. Thank you for listening and watching. Happy Hour.